0: Hello, and welcome to Wild Women, the wild swimming podcast. I'm Laura MacDonald. It's a new year, but the same old me. Although I do now have myself two new swimsuits and a whiskey barrel dipping tub for the garden, and I am flipping delighted with myself. Due to the eye-watering cost of such a ready-made luxury, I requested an old whiskey barrel from Santa and set to it with skills I don't really have and tools that I had to buy along the way. But it is now ready, and I am so excited to get back to my daily cold water dips. Today on the podcast, we have the lovely Susan Mackay of Curly Tsunami. She is a wild swimmer who is also building a business out of her passion for environmental issues. Before I introduce you two properly, I'm just going to take a quick spin through the podmin. You can follow Wild Women on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter at Wild Women Pod. Although I am yet to find my feet with swimming Twitter, if I'm honest with you. I used to love Twitter, but I gave it up a couple of years ago for my mental health and I did not miss it. and never looked back until a couple of weeks ago when Idle Hands did the devil's work and signed me back up. We'll see how it goes, shall we? If you enjoy Wild Women and want to feel the glow that comes from being a kind and generous patron of the podcasting arts, then you can pop a few coins in my tip jar at coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash wildwomen. I am on a mission to get this show to cover its costs, and those of you that are in a position to show your support will be entered into the Wild Women Hall of Fame. Although, I don't actually know what that would be. In local news, that is local to me and my nearest beach news, If you are a wild wimmer in the area around Guruk, I am organising a beach clean-up at Lunderston Bay on Saturday the 26th of February as part of the Surfers Against Sewage Million Mile Beach Clean. I am looking for a few volunteers to come and help out with a sadly necessary bit of modern beach combing. If you are nearby, willing and able, then please drop me a message on Facebook or Instagram. If you are not local to me but think that this is something that you could do with your time, Please have a look at the Surfers Against Sewage Million Mile Clean site for more information about cleans near you and how to run your own event. Right, let's get back to matters that are both delightful and curly-whirly. Susan, also known as Curly Tsunami, started swimming just after the first lockdown, as so many wild women did. She's a curly-haired sensation on Instagram, sharing her mission for properly cared for and appreciated curly hair. She has turned her research into a business, creating a one-stop shop for environmentally sustainable hair care products for all you curly types out there. I say that as someone with A1 poker straight hair, who was the only girl in my high school that didn't own a pair of GHDs in 2002 because I simply didn't need them. Curly hair and its care are a mystery to me, but one that I actually need to crack as my toddler has the most delicious soft ringlets, and I keep butchering them in my ignorance. I pick this curlmaster's brains on that, as well as her sea swimming adventures, one of which has a definite sting in the tail. We talk all things saltwater goodness, being the jellyfish lookout, and cutting the plastic crap from your haircare routine. I'm
1: Susan Mackay. Hi, Susan.
0: And tell me, are you a dipper, a swimbler, a serious swimmer, or an athlete?
1: Definitely a swimbler. I would like to be a serious swimmer, but not quite there yet.
0: You see uh, events and things like that in your future? Yeah,
1: I signed up for the Water Aid Challenge, which was a half marathon over the space of two, three months. And I was like, yeah, totally. I managed to do a thousand um kilometers, a thousand meters in a swim. And I was like, oh yeah, I could definitely do that like 20 times in the next few weeks. Um and yeah, it didn't happen. But I, I tried, I got to like eight, no, it was it like eight, eight kilometers off? Mm-hmm. So I was close, but not <laughs> close enough. But I still got a medal, bless them. They sent me a medal. I was Aww. like Oh, that's really sweet. I didn't actually finish, but cheers! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well, it's always nice to have a bit of jewellery around the place. Exactly. <laughs> so, tell me, how did you get started outdoor swimming?
1: Well, I was definitely one of those people that went, "You bunch of crazy people! What on earth are you doing in the sea? It's far too cold. You'll never get me in there." <laughs> and then we had lockdown, um, and I'd gone. I'd had a couple of really tricky things happen in my life, and. And um, My best friend, she did sea swimming um, with a bunch of her friends um, that I knew, and she was like, Susan, me and Ali are going in on for a midnight swim for midsummer on the 23rd of June, and I was like, that's nice, <laughs> and she was like, I have a wetsuit I think will fit you, do you fancy trying, it? and she's like, just come, just try it out and see what, like." so I got on the wetsuit I tried it on the day before and it fitted and I was like oh this looks quite cool I quite like this um and I phoned my mum and dad because they used to do lots of diving and stuff when we were young and they were like Susan do it it's gonna be really good you're gonna love it I was like okay fine so we went and it was like that overwhelming rush of calm as soon as I like it was a beautiful evening that helped it was that midsummer where it never really gets dark here in Orkney. Um, So it was just a really, really lovely evening. And I just felt at home. I just, it was like all the weight of the world just lifted off my shoulder. And I absolutely loved it. And that was where it started. That sounds amazing. (laughs) And I've never stopped. Yeah, we go, I try and swim at, at the moment, because I'm working full time. I can only go in once, once, twice a week at the weekends um because it's too dark in the mornings and the evenings for me to swim but um and once it gets lighter and things we're swimming like three or four times a week um as much as I possibly can get in the water um it kind of keeps me sane <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's like yeah it's definitely one of those things but if I don't I'm in a bad mood um I'm sure you're most, not
0: the only person
1: there I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same situation <laughs> you too <laughs> oh yes <Yeah>. big style <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, I started that and I was just like, I think I had maybe two or three weeks in a wetsuit and enjoying it, but then everybody else was in swimsuits and I felt like it was a bit of a faff. And because I was trying to go in as often as I could as I could, I was having to dry it and rinse it off, dry it, and everything get ready for the next one. And it was just a bit of a faff. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna try and brave it, just go in the swimsuit. So I went in with a swimsuit and I turned to my friend and went, does the tingling stop? It's so cold. <laughs> and she's like, no, it doesn't. And I was like, okay, that's good to know. Just just putting out there, making sure there wasn't anything wrong with me right now. She's like, nope, that's that's the way it is. I was like, okay, fine. Let's let's do this. And I yeah, never put a wetsuit on since. I I do wear gloves and socks in the dead of the winter just to take the just so I can feel my toes and feel my fingers when I come out it's it's kind of worrying when you don't put the socks on and you go where did my toes go <laughs> I need to get dry
0: and I need to do it right now so I need my hands to work
1: yeah absolutely and I need my feet to be able to get over the rocks and oh, I hadn't thought about pass that Past by the seaweed and you know stuff like that um but yeah so I've, yeah I've been swimming since yeah tw- 2020 Ortony's is so good for swimming. There's so many great spots and we've got such a great community of of swimmers here as well. So there's always somebody willing to swim and got some ideas about doing things. Um, My friend did 100 days of swimming. Oh, wow. Swam every day for 100 days. I didn't do that. But on her final day, because we'd done like some double dips, some triple dips in the summer. This was heading into October. And we just decided to do a quadruple dip, so on the one day we did four dips, and in every swim there was a set where there were seals, in every one of those swims. So it was really really cool day. So we had two swims in the morning, local, and then two swims out in the East Mainland um, in the afternoon, and there were seals and all of them. And one of the swims there was like three or four, and they were getting kind of close and I was like oh this is weird you know that kind of way where you're like I want to go close but I'm a little bit scared so I was kind of swimming out and my friend she's like tailing it for the beach she's like no no you're you're good these are getting a bit close so I kind of stayed out a bit and I felt one actually brush up against my leg and I was like oh okay now I'm going see ya <laughs> That that was too much. I couldn't cope. <laughs> that was that was pretty memorable. But yeah, we've done some like moonlight swims and sunrise swims. Maybe sunrise swim was beautiful, and um, sunrise coming up. And it was a new location again. I'd never been said so to follow a car to get there, and um it was a walk over some hill and stuff. But it was it was glorious. too We had some really good ones.
0: Oh, that sounds magic.
1: And cool. It keeps it alive because you just every swim is different. Yeah. Every yeah. single one. So yeah. I did manage to get down to Aberdeen um for Christmas. So I met up with um a swimmer who I followed on Instagram for a while. And my little sister had just started sea swimming. and um, so we decided we would meet up on Boxing Day. And we're driving along the coast um at Banff. And my sister like, Oh, it's quite calm out there. And I'm like, that's not calm that's pretty rough out there and she was like no it's pretty calm for here and I'm like what oh. <laughs> when it went along and I was like those waves are fierce we're not going to be swimming in that and she was like we'll go for a splash around I was like okay <laughs> yeah that was pretty mental <laughs> I was like, and they said that was calm I was like okay I We have flat calm seas at times. I was swimming there on Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember the days going. Um, and it was smooth. It was like a ball. It was so nice. Me and my friend did a North Coast 500 tour. It was supposed to be a gin tour, but I decided I was going to have to swim while we were doing our tour. We took her electric car with us. We were doing the whole eco thing. And um, we s- spent some time at um, Loch Ness. So I went into Loch Ness a couple of times, and I was like, "This is weird." I was like, "Where's the salt water?" I'm like, "This is this is like normal water. This is weird. I don't I don't like it." <laughs> I was like, "I need my salt intake." I mean, what's going on? <laughs> it was beautiful and calm and so serene, but mm, no salt. Didn't like it
0: because <laughs> <laughs> Loch Lomond is where I normally swim. Is very very it's very pure. It's really peaty. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what you yeah. what you get.
1: Swim, keep forgetting about salt. Yeah, I did swim Loch Lomond in the summer past. I was in Glasgow. I met up with some other curly friends from Instagram. Never met them in real life before. And we were allowed to meet up in Glasgow. I was so excited. So I went and stayed with one of the lasses and she took us to Loch Lomond so I could go for a swim. I, yeah, really peaty. Mm, it, yeah. it was great. I love it. <laughs> well it's really awesome but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very strange that was kind of um I think my second taste of a loch because my mum and dad live in Keithness and they, there was like a the head of Thurzel River there's a loch um and it's very pd as well as like orange um and that was my first time in a loch and it was yeah I was like that's very strange yeah so, I had I kind of brush with realizing i need to be more aware a couple of times so Mainly, right. we, we, we swim around a wreck so i, nearly, I normally swim at inganness bay um because it's like 20 minutes from my house so um and there's a wreck there which we can quite easily swim around depending on tide you know we have to be careful but it was reasonably um fine that day or i thought it was fine that day. it was a bit of a swell but i thought it was okay so I was up at the wreck and I'm quite nosy. So I go right up and I'm not in it, but my head's in and stuff like that. And the swell just came and it swept my feet underneath the wreck. And I was kind of holding on to the side. And I was like, OK, that that's not good. And then the tide started rising and it was going above my head. And I'm like, hold your breath. That will go back down and I was like because I can't let go because I'll go back I'll go under the wreck it's just not happening so went down, it went off and it kind of swell loosened off and I went right wide berth around the wreck today <laughs> take a wide berth and that did give me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies <laughs> I was like, yeah be, be, be careful that wasn't
0: yeah oh yeah no that's that yeah. is quite scary it's amazing how quickly the water can turn on you
1: it absolutely um and I'm a pretty strong swimmer you know I'm, I'm kind of one of those people I'm faster in water than I am on land um because I really don't run fast <laughs> um so I'm yeah pretty strong swimmer but yeah that was like no you this is more powerful than you you need mm-hmm. um and yeah I've been pretty cautious ever since and then swam into a jellyfish that wasn't fun It was um swimming along talking to my friend behind me not paying any attention to what was coming in front of me and uh, the next minute there's jellyfish all over my hand and up my arm and I'm like peeling it off and I'm like oh that's gonna hurt that's really gonna hurt and oh, I oh my goodness this thing just straight away and I was like oh no this is not cool so we were
0: going to clock the- did you clock what type of, type of jellyfish it was
1: kind of the lion's mane <gasps> how cool is this not um so thankfully who i was swimming with is a doctor and he always carries a credit card in his towel robe just to be able to scrape it off yeah. um and it said you know make sure you've got it all off scrape it off and then really hot shower um, as hot as you can handle it um so yeah I was in the shower for quite some time with kind of heat blasting on my skin and taking ibuprofen and paracetamol and stuff for, for the rest of the day. I was like, I felt kind of queasy. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't pleasant.
0: A swimmer who actually knows their jelly etiquette. Quick recap. If you ever get tangled in a jelly, the first thing you need to do is gently rinse the affected area with seawater, not fresh water get as much of the jelly tentacles and stingers off your skin and back into the water as you can do be careful if you're not wearing gloves as you could spread the stingers onto your hands remove any spines from the skin using tweezers or scrape with the edge of a bank card it's important to do this as the second stage as the pressure can cause any stinging cells left on the skin to release more venom and make the situation worse just gently scrape the area to make sure that any remaining bits of jelly are off your skin Next, you need to soak the area in very warm water, as hot as you can tolerate, for at least 30 minutes. Use hot flannels or towels if you can't soak it. If you're too far from a hot bath, try laying a layer of your towel over the area and use the water from your hot water bottle. Obviously, check it to make sure that you're not going to scald yourself first, but it is the heat that kills the stinging cells, so get it on there. Next, you want to be taking some painkillers like paracetamol or ibuprofen and then have a good rest. Go and get medical assistance if you have any difficulty breathing, chest pains, fits or seizures, severe swelling or bleeding, lightheadedness or loss of consciousness. Basically, all of the well-known remedies that you will find with a quick google can actually make a jelly sting a lot worse, so it's good to know before you go. Fresh water will make the stingers release even more venom. Vinegar might kill some of the stingers, but the evidence isn't conclusive. And researchers in Australia who were studying box jellies found that it might actually make the situation worse. And whatever you do, please don't pee on your friends. For all the ins and outs of jelly biology, I highly recommend the Medusaology episode of Ologies. What, did you think I was going to miss an opportunity to fangirl my own favourite podcast? As if. As always, links are in the notes.
1: So it did take me a couple of things like watch out for jellyfish, always watch out for jellyfish. So we were doing a swim in Stromness. It was, I can't remember, it was a 900 metre swim. It was a group thing, um, a kind of community thing that we'd done. And I decided to do the longest swim. So as we we were going along and I was like, right, goggles on, keep an eye out. So I was kind of the watch out for anybody behind me. I'm like, jellyfish! (laughs) Everybody stick here, white bears! It never stopped me from going in. Oh no that's good. I'd swam you know for months and months and months beforehand and even times where we had loads of jellyfish. I think last summer it was crazy for jellyfish um but this summer it seems to have been pretty low in the Apart from the one I found obviously but <laughs> oh. but yeah we're a rash guard quite often now on the top layer so it doesn't get my arms. <laughs> Oh. i can I can put my legs in a hot bath it's fine but arms are a bit more tricky <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you are interested in the extremes that swimmers have been pushed to to avoid jellies then you need to read up on diana nyad is there actually a better example of nominative determinism for a swimmer by the way and her stinger suit basically if you haven't heard of diana nyad she is an amazing long distance swimmer and she was attempting to swim between florida and cuba The distance wasn't the issue. For her, it was the jellies. Her first two attempts were stopped by box jelly encounters, which are viciously painful and occasionally fatal. For her third attempt, she created the stinger suit, which worked beautifully, except, like in all great stories, for the tiny flaw. The box jellies managed to get to the only part of her skin that wasn't covered. Her lips. Honestly, the horror. Her fourth attempt was a success with the help of a mask that even covered her teeth. She's an absolute lesson in determination and invention, and her TED Talk will leave you inspired. Links as usual in the notes. Now, back to our own Jelly Dodger. So, tell me about Curly Tsunami then. Where did that come from?
1: This tsunami part of my brand and my name. I used to be a roller derby player. I used to play roller derby a few years ago. And my name was Tsunami just because my name's Susan. One of my friends randomly picked it as a Derby name, and I thought, I love it, so good. And never ever thought I would be in the sea with it, so it totally worked in. <laughs> so I just carried it all the way through. <laughs> Full on brand. Yeah. Um, so I was back in 2019 when my nana, bless her, she passed away at the beginning of COVID. Um, she got really mad at me because I wasn't looking after my hair. She always liked my having curly hair, but I had really, I bleached it quite dramatically. Um, and it was kind of like one of those, when I look back, I think I look at the throwback of Bon Jovi back in the 80s you know, that permed kind of look. <laughs> and I remember being at a family gathering and my nan was like, what on earth have you done to your hair? And <laughs> she's, she's Glaswegian. So she had a pretty strong accent. And I was like, what do you mean? I think there's nothing wrong with my hair. What are you talking about? And she, I got really offended. Um, and she was like, it's absolutely ridiculous. you so frizzy. What have you done with it? And I was like, I don't know. So I came home and I just Googled, you know, how to look after curly hair. Um, and I found the curly girl method Um follow some, you know, people on Instagram and on um, YouTube and learn how to look after my hair, taking out the sulfates and the silicones out of the products that I use and testing lots and lots of different products um and I started an Instagram page on my curly hair because I think most of my friends were sick of hearing about my hair on my personal Instagram (laughs) as I was like look second day is when I washed my hair two days ago and look at it um so they were getting really sick of that and I was like okay I need to set up my own a different page so I set up Curly Tsunami as an Instagram page not thinking it was going to be a business in any way shape or form it was just about my curly hair but then when I started sea swimming and then I was doing some research for a topic because somebody had said how do you look after your hair with the sea and the curls and I was like oh I don't really know I'm going to look this up and because of like the pH balance it all kind of came down to that and I was doing some research and it came out that um like our pH balance of our hair is at like 4.55 um but the sea is like 8.1 uh, so it's too alkaline um So that came out. But then I was reading more about the um, carbon pollution and all the damage that we're doing to the planet. And I went through to my bathroom and I saw, you know, tens of different bottles of products in plastic. And I was like, this is a problem. All this plastic products. And I was buying new products every week. Every time I walked into in Superdrug or one of the shops, or I was watching somebody on Instagram that were talking about this new amazing product for curly hair, I was like, I want it. I need to try it. I'm gonna buy it. And I was buying so much stuff. And I had all this stuff in my bathroom. And I was like, this is not cool. This is what's damaging our planet, all well, this plastic pollution, and then to make the plastic and I just got felt really overwhelmed with guilt. Um, And I thought, you know, I'm going to try other things. I need to find other products. So I tested a shampoo and conditioner bar from a small company in England. And I'm thinking, there's no way that's going to get through my hair. And my hair is really thick. Um, And there's no way a bar is going to get through that. I need, like, handfuls of conditioner to apply on this. Um, And I used it once, and it was... A game changer it was amazing my hair was shiny it worked super well it was super easy to use and I was like okay this is something different <laughs> I can change got a shampoo and conditioner sorted let's look at styling products so I was finding other small companies in the UK that were making and selling products were either in aluminium bottles or glass or in bars or whatever so I was buying those I gave away all my plastic products I didn't ditch them because I, was, I just didn't want them in my bathroom but I'm sure I didn't want it to be wasted so I did a big giveaway on Instagram and cleared my stash Um, and then just started buying other products and researching products that were sustainable from small businesses and I was like do you know what there's so many of these products out there and I'm doing all this research. Why don't I just sell them in one-stop shop and provide them to others? So I tested out with a company that did the shampoo and conditioner bars and I just sent her an email saying, do you do wholesale? Is this something you would want to do? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there was another company that did um, bamboo... What we call buffs um, she calls it bambon so you wrap your hair in this buff yeah like a bandana thing for at night to protect it so it doesn't get all um friction and stuff on your pillowcase so I was I got in touch with her and she was like yeah I'd love to sell some of my buffs with you and if you want to set something up and I was like okay so more and more people were like yeah absolutely this sounds great and I was like right okay this was in kind of august september so it took me a couple of months to design the website get that up and running get some stock in and launched then on the 25th of october um and just been going ever since and it's been going really well it's been i'm not a massive amount of stock and keep on building it up and things because i'm just growing organically um and as much as i can handle with working full-time but Lots and lots more people are being more aware of the plastic pollution and all the stash that they've got as currently products and, and looking for more sustainable options. I get emails and messages every day about how, what do you recommend? How can I um, change these products? What can I do? And it's been really good.
0: You're saying you work full time as well. Am I right? You teach business. Yes. <laughs> what a great pet project! <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it kind of was supposed to be but I don't think it's gonna be um is it taking (laughs) effort I've been teaching at the college for 10 years I used to work in hotels that was my um background was hotel management um I moved into business and then I was doing my second degree in business and management where we were learning how to design websites and lots more of marketing marketing is my kind of area of expertise and I was kind of me basing my dissertation on that um, and absolutely loved it and I thought you know what I could I could do this and it's actually worked in amazingly well because now I can teach what I do to students instead of just explaining theory and things I can actually say like right, here's a website this is the back side of the website this is you know the analytics this is the where all the sales come from this is how it works and it's not always be- best practice. <laughs> I'm not always saying, this is amazing. It's really good. I'm like, yeah, some of that did not work. <laughs> we got no clicks on that post. <laughs> that did not go well. But it's really good to show them. And it's actually made, made quite a lot more students aware of marketing in a more real sense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Is which is, I love that. Uh,
0: so tell me, if you are spending that much time In the salt water, Mm -hmm. what is that doing to your hair? How do you protect it, or how do you look after it?
1: Okay, so I I just wrap my hair up.
0: Hmm. That's easy, Um, I
1: suppose. I very rarely um, in the summertime, yes, because I've got more time and stuff. Because we're off on holidays and stuff, so um, I'll just and it's warmer (laughs) in the summer. I can put my head in and not get brain freeze. In the winter, I like an extra couple of layers, um, as we all do with a bobble hat or something like that. But um, I wrap my hair up in a buff um, and then put my my swim cap over the top. Um, because my hair is so big, um, to get in a normal swim cap is impossible. <laughs> so I have to buy a specially made like Afro style swim caps, which are fabulous. Mm -hmm. um and they fit everything in I do look a bit ridiculous with it because it looks like a bit of a cone head but it's not glamorous but hey it's okay
0: (laughs) I think there's very little about wild swimming that is glamorous no
1: and I actually love that I love that about it that there's not that pressure to be glamorous I I always say to people I'm much more comfortable in a swimsuit than I am in clothes sometimes I I hate like I've said this to so many people um I hate picking clothes for the day. It's my stress. So I just go for the bog standard and, and I don't really verge a heck of a lot away from what I have. And yeah, it, it is a, a constant source of stress. Whereas a swimsuit, it's one thing. I put it on and it does what it needs to do. That's it. And then I can decide whether to put on a onesie or my towel robe. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <get> home. <laughs> That's it.
0: <laughs> right. So, the time has come. Can you please give me a quick tour of curly hair care? This is just me asking for a cheeky private lesson because my daughter has lovely ringlets and I have no idea how to look after them. Curly basics, where do I start?
1: My main thing is a a satin pillowcase. You can pick them up reasonably reasonably cheaply, depending on how sustainable and expensive you want to to go with it. But um, that will save the knots in the morning. Of the tangle, the tangles in the morning because it's not got the friction of a cotton pillowcase, and then like a leave-in kind of conditioner. Um, curly hair. The main thing is we don't want it to dry out, um, because obviously you want dry hair if you're not going to go around with wet hair, but you want it to dry out, which may causes the damage in the curly hair because it's all the way it's formed. It's naturally dry, um, so. When we use shamp- standard shampoos with sulfates in it, um, that strips all the moisture out of your hair. And then we, if we put on conditioners or styling gels or mousse or whatever that's got silicones in it, that's basically just coating the outside layer of your hair and not letting any moisture in. So... Kind of cut those out and make sure that you're kind of looking after your curls in that way. So making sure moisture can get in. And then drying it in a way like I use a diffuser, but for a little girl, air dry would be perfect. She's It's not going to take seven hours to dry your hair like it does with mine. So... <laughs> it would be perfectly fine so yeah I would say that and like a spray bottle with a little bit of conditioner in it and just comb that through and that'll be it I wouldn't be saying like a gel or a mousse or a styling product or anything for a toddler that's just crazy no
0: I mean getting her to stand still long enough to do any of this processes
1: yeah exactly (laughs) if you manage to get her to get to the stage that you're able to brush her hair then I would take a, a comb, like a white tooth comb or something and like spritz it with a leave-in and water in a bottle mm-hmm. and then just comb the tangles out and you'll be good. Fracking, very helpful. thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, the main thing is like kind of the protection because like, I, I don't wash my hair every day and like, you're not going to put in your toddler in a bath every day. So I like I wash my hair once or twice a week and the rest of the time I wrap it up and I, I just take a invisible, bubble, which there's always one nearby and I just pile my hair up in the top of my head and I sleep on a satin pillowcase and then the next morning I can take it down and it's fine. So it's it saves me so much time now. I used to wash my hair every single day. I used to drag a comb through it every single day. I used to wrap it up in a like a terry towel. I'm like, that just dries out. So like a t-shirt towel, I wrap my hair and I dry it with a t-shirt towel now. And I would put mousse in it every single day and blow dry it, like diffuse it every single day. And I'm like, that is at least an hour and a half every morning. I can now get up like half an hour before I have to go to work. (laughs) So people say, oh, curly hair is such a hassle. like, it really isn't that you know if and if you were the person that were having to blow dry your hair and straighten it every day or every day you washed it then we're probably about the same I have always said I would never cancel a swim because of my hair so even if I have just washed it and I have gone through that hour of washing and styling and all the rest of it and then blow dry and diffusing it and obviously taking the photos for the Instagram you know it's always for the gram (laughs) Complete poser. I will still go and see straight afterwards and it's fine. <laughs> I won't ever uh, ditch a swim because of my hair. I, I said that from the beginning and I will always stand true to it.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. That's the kind of attitude that we like here at Wild Women.
1: Yeah, there's there's no, no pressiness in that fact at all.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Susan. I really enjoyed chatting to thank, you.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. This has been wonderful.
0: Can you hear that? Yes. That's my cat Has just decided to let himself in. Oh, bless. What are you meowing
1: at me for? I've got nothing for you. <laughs> well, he's come at the right time, just, just the end. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much again, Susan. This was so much fun. Wasn't she just great? You can follow Susan on Instagram at Curly Tsunami and her website is curlytsunami.com. You can follow me at Wild Women Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. To see what I'm up to, send me a message. And if you use the hashtag wildwomen on Instagram, I do share them in my stories every Tuesday. If you are listening the day this is released, I am taking part in the Expo North book pitch Twitter event with my personal handle at the yellowbrawly. So if you would like to buy more of what I'm selling, check out my pitches and leave some supportive comments if you have them especially if you fancy a Wild Women recipe book. You can buy me a coffee and contribute to my goal of covering the production costs of Wild Women at coffee slash wild women. A couple of quid really does make a massive difference. Please remember to check out the Million Mile Clean and let me know if you're available to help out with the one I'm organising on the 26th of February. Thank you as always to Mary St Mary of the Housecoat Project for allowing me to use the theme music. You can find the links to their work and everything else that we have talked about today in the show notes. Until next time, I love you all. Now go stick the kettle on.